Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects. But there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack... It's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few taps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 742. Let's go to the Nerdist Community Corkboard. Another unnamed listener. You guys should write in your name so we can thank you properly. Anyway, this listener wrote in, My daughter and her partner launched a podcast production company based in the Washington, D.C. area called Goat Rodeo. They currently have two podcasts, Revivalism and The Goat Rodeo, and you can find them at GoatRodeoDC.com. Also, Ellen Sanders, thank you for including your name, writes, I've worked as a speech pathologist with geriatrics for over 25 years and as a leatherwork artisan for the last five. I listen while I do leatherwork and crack up all the time of attempting to make the transition to full-time leather artisan, so I recently opened my own standalone online store called worldofleathercraft.com. Well played. Uh, I make custom handmade wallets and other stuff with hand-carved art like Darth Vader, Yoda, Wonder Woman. Anything else a fellow geek sends me a picture of. So there you go, uh, worldofleathercraft.com. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is Adam Goldberg, not the actor Adam Goldberg, Adam F. Goldberg, creator and showrunner of The Goldbergs, a fucking fantastic uh, comedy show on network television, ABC, Wednesday nights, 8.30, and uh, we just could not have hit it off any better with Adam Goldberg, all, this Adam Goldberg, all of, our, all of our references are in the same bin, and I told him afterwards, like, you got to talk to Chris Jericho because Jericho is right on top. We are all – our pop culture references are all, like, right smack dab uh, in, in one gray shaded area. So uh, Adam Goldberg, again, The Goldbergs, Wednesdays at 8.30 uh, p.m. on ABC. Here's Nerds Podcast number 742 with a very funny Adam Goldberg, not the actor Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg, the writer and showrunner creator of The Goldbergs. Katie, roll The Goldberg. Now entering Nerdist.com. I have that same uh, one-up shirt. I mean, uh, sweatshirt, by the way. I bet you have the Darth Vader polo, too. The Vader polo? Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, you fucking I dork. Have, I don't have the Vader polo. Yeah. The, like, um, where did I get the Vader polo? Uh, my wife hates it so much. Because she was like, oh, that's an... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really nice shirt. Okay. It's still a nice shirt. It just yeah. happens to have She's... Darth Vader instead of a polo player. Like, what's the... 
fucking problem. Uh, yeah, no, my one, I have one that doesn't add add on it, and she's like, no, it's too much. It's just, really. Yeah. I think it it just looks like a it looks like a fun, an angular horse. <laughs> there you go. From if you're far exactly. enough back. Yeah, I love like that the one up sweatshirt that, yeah. that you're wearing right now. I I I wore that thing into the ground. Yeah, it's very comfortable. I, I bought like five of them. Oh, you I, did. When I noticed that's they smart. Were, yeah, that is yeah. smart. It's my favorite thing ever. I think I got mine on Think Geek. I think yeah. I got it on Think they Geek. They made it for a, a, a horror movie called Stay Alive. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was doing Revenge of the Nerds, and they had a box of them. So I'm like, do I have to take five of these? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, oh. but we'll invoice you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got out of that movie. <laughs> so <laughs> so how, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, we started. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even realize. It's, I know. The magic of artist. Okay, just, sure. Just Everyone else own is it like us. Let's give you some. Well, I didn't realize. You can cup it from the underside if you want. You can. You I can feel cradle like it. Katie's very stingy with the slack. Always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it comes out. It feels good. This feels good. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for being here. Mr. Goldberg, mm-hmm. uh, you guys knee deep in getting the season going. We are. We um, we just started last week. We shot our risky business opening <laughs> episode. Crashed mm-hmm. a Porsche. Mm-hmm. Um, made Sony upset because it's expensive <laughs> uh, uh, and unreasonable. But um, we're still shooting it this week. We have <laughs> we had three scenes left we didn't get to. So we'll just spread them out over the you next You couldn't couple. get a like an 87 Porsche from a writer who got one gig and bought it immediately you know, it's and funny. nothing else happened. The thing the Porsche we got I think cost like 3 grand and all the writers were like I want to buy it. And then it broke down the minute it arrived on set. And then the writers were like we're not going to buy it. No you committed. It's an oral contract. It's, it's done. You know, I actually now that I'm thinking about it, we've had two people on the podcast from Risky Business, Curtis Armstrong and yep. Tom Cruise. No Rebecca De Mornay yet, though. Okay, let's hey, make that happen. Fingers crossed it can happen. Can you pretend to be Rebecca De Mornay? Sure. <laughs> I don't mean now. I mean, can you come over later? <laughs> yeah, I can. I'm going to pretend we to be actually, Your my wife list. called ahead and told us about your impeccable De Mornay. <laughs> I can. So I, I booked a train. Great. Uh, great. Anyone remember? Anyone? I remember. Well, there was more to the movie than just the socks and the underwear scene. There a- was... ABC would not let us do the train scene. Uh, you know, <laughs> what is television coming to if on... You can't. If on ABC Network you can't fuck it, a person, it on a was train. interesting watching the movie again because it had been about it had been a long time since I'd seen it, and it is a great drama. Like I, I remembered it just watching it as a kid and as a teenager, and even in college. And it really that movie is it's a well, it's just a well made movie with and really well put together, and it's like really heavy. I didn't realize that it's stressful too. Yeah, it's a stress. That's a it's a stressful. It's movie. a stressful movie just because of what he starts to get into, yeah. and then the parents are coming home, For sure. and you know. For sure, I didn't realize it was so heavy on prostitution. Yeah. when I was a child. By the well, way, all stress from eighties movies is the parents are coming. The home. parents that are coming home. Yeah, but you know the the. Let's create a makeshift uh, uh, whorehouse was mm-hmm. kind of the – that was a, a running thing in the – there was Best Little Whorehouse. Well, actually, uh, Night Shift sure. uh, was uh, – we're going to create – we're going to uh, put uh, out of a morgue. Right. Then uh, High School Students uh, House. Yep. Yeah. Uh, those are the only two I can think of, but what a trend. Yes. It was a <laughs> short-lived trend. Ones. There had to be other Duff ones. Duff 2 constitute a trend. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like 2. 2 is, a, two is enough. Sure. Because that's a weird premise. It's like meatballs a weird... 2? No, 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 not Meatballs no, 2. No, no, not Meatballs 2. I remember that in an alien. 
during the ET trend. Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, uh, ET two uh, uh-huh. was all about uh, at two E two was. And Mac and me. That's a trend. We need to have those puppet aliens are you coming going back. To, are you going to the Et2E2 con this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to Et2E2 this year, just to just to see what the new uh, what the new fake alien uh, prostitute movies are. Does did you really? I think it'd be fun to do risky business, but like on a space station. Like no yeah, one, no sure. one's done that yet. Just go pitch it. I'm sure someone will give you the money. That's true. <laughs> just say those words. Risky it's business risky. on a I, risky it's business means alien. As ZT. No, as say on a space station. As a joke, um, I became friendly with the guy that played Wyatt. Not Anthony McCall, the other guy in... Um, Ilya Mitchell-Smith. Yes, yes. In, Good uh, pull, Hardwick. It's a great pull. Um, and uh, so as a joke, I started pitching him uh, Weird Science 2 on Twitter and then my agent got a call. Like, is that is, is that serious? Does he have? Does he really have a pitch? Because we'll hear it. We'll do it. Really? So it's that is how it happens. Believe wow. it or not, it just feel, I do have a pitch on it, but it wasn't like a thing, <laughs> and uh, it was kind of a joke. Well, since you're asking, I do have a pitch. On <laughs> do you really have? A, you really had a pitch on it? I did have a pitch on it. Was yeah. it to use Gary and Wyatt as grownups, or was yes. it to, okay? It was that they have teenage daughters yep. who are who are geeks. And uh, they're both grown adults, and they, uh, they're they kind of out of the picture, and it's really about these girls who build, like, the dream guy. And it's the same movie plays out again. Great. Yeah. Oh, why, why not? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, that's it. Done. Let's, just, well, let's write it right now. Let's Does be productive. Does Brock have a son that she can make that guy? That would be amazing. I mean, it's just, a, just as a subtle. <laughs> I, and by the way, you totally get Bill Paxton back. You totally For get sure. Bill Paxton back. For sure. One oh, of the best characters He shows ever. up regardless. <laughs> he's, he's just going to be there. Well, at that panel a few years ago, at the Edge of Tomorrow panel, that Tom Cruise was on at Comic-Con, Bill Paxton was in the audience, and... We brought him up on stage, and Tom Cruise made Bill Paxton do chat lines so on stage. It's so great. And by the way, why would he be just sitting in the audience? Why wouldn't they allow him a spot on that panel? He's in the movie quite a bit. I don't know, actually. <laughs> That's so weird. I know it's weird. I think that was part of the, like, what are you doing out there? You know you're in this. <laughs> I love Get that. Like, here. repeatedly in this movie. I love it. Of all the movies he's done, that's the one. That, that and Aliens. Game, nothing beats Game Over, man. Oh, I, yeah. Game Over, yeah. man. He's the best. Uh, he's, he's been in so many movies. Yeah. That... When we, uh, when I was in college, he did this uh, directed movie called, I think it was called Traveler, about gypsies. And he came and talked in front of the NYU students. And all the kids did during question answer was like, say Game Over, man. <laughs> uh, say a chat line. Uh, and that's Poor all. And he was, no, he was a great sport about it. All he did was. He was. Like, <laughs> He's awesome. Why isn't he on this podcast? We should have him come on. Do, do I don't know. We got to get Demorne on. Uh, Demorne well, first of all, we've got to talk to, to, to no, Adam. Adam could come back for the Paxton episode. <laughs> I will come back for Paxton anytime. I will. What, uh, t- um, it, what's an example of a movie that you totally got burned by? <laughs> other favorite by con, Paxton when East. You, when you, Paxton East? When you, uh, Paxton Prime. You're going to do Paxton <laughs> Prime. When you maybe showed your significant other or a friend or a child, like, oh, this movie is amazing. And then you watch it again and you're like, oh. oh there's a bunch. Uh, one <laughs> was starting to show my, ch- my seven-year-old cloak and dagger. Yeah, um, which uh, like had so much violence, it terrified him. I had to turn it off. I'm surprised kids love Dabney Coleman. <laughs> I know, I know. I would love. I it kind of interests me. Like all those kids' movies had toys. Was there going to be a Dabney Coleman toy? Was it? What, do you think they were going to do that? That would have been maybe amazing. from Hot uh, to Trot. Yeah, exactly. or the it's Short Time point. Lego playset. Yeah, Short Time? Huh? No, I don't remember Short. You time. don't remember Short Time? No. Oh, it's great. 
it's a great that? movie. So basically the concept is he's a cop who's going to retire yeah. and he finds out he has cancer and his insurance po- – uh, he has to get killed in the line of duty yeah. in order to collect an insurance policy. To or take care of his family. To get, so he's trying – it's him for the day just trying to get killed so as a cop. So he basically becomes this super cop because he's doing uh, all this crazy shit. Guys, yeah. this is a great pitch. Make it. That, by the it's way – got made. What? We should, that's a remake. <laughs> that's a fucking remake. remake and a half. And that's the – you're the only person who's, who's ever known that movie. I've brought it up a bunch of times. It's a fantastic movie. Guys, we get Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> oh no, you, he's got to be the partner. You expect Dwayne the Rock Johnson to be the yeah. super Dwayne. It, it, if you're talking about the story structure of this type of movie, Dwayne has to be the guy that everyone loves. Dabney Coleman's character is the schlubby guy that no one pays attention to, and then <laughs> so you find wait, that at the end, now that, we're just pitching the other guys. Now, <laughs> <laughs> True. now you find at the end that that, that Dwayne that, that that character is actually kind of a wuss. Yep. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and that this other mm-hmm. schlubby character is actually the dude. And then one other movie is Flight of the Navigator. That one does, Flight of the Navigator does not hold it up. It doesn't hold sure. up well because they – you've seen Flight of the Navigator? Yeah, and I would see the ship every time I'd take the backlot tour at yeah. Disney MGM Studios. They I, – I didn't realize that Pee Wee Herman – Yeah, was it was Paul that, Rubens. And so he yeah. was doing an approximate – he was doing Pee Wee without saying it was Pee Wee. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it felt and it played, weird. It felt really, it felt really weird. Really weird. Was it before Pee Wee? Do you think? No, it was around the same around time. The same and Pee Wee, Pee Wee started in the late seventies. Right, okay. Uh, and so, uh, early. So those two, maybe Explorers as well. I've showed some oh, people. Oh sure, Explorers. I brought a bunch of friends who had never seen Tron to the to when they had the anniversary, and everyone just afterwards made fun of Tron, and I sat there in shame. No, they don't understand. Bunch. They don't understand. Like they didn't. <laughs> but you have to explain to people. Like you understand all the CG. They didn't have programs. No, they, had they to didn't basically, care. They, they had to plot points in a. Com- they had to build it all. I know what's interesting. Speaking of not having CG in the Tron like design, if you watch Escape from New York, they do like a computer model of New York. But what they did was just painted a model of New York black and then put neon paint stripes on everything, and that's how uh, they made the computer uh, New York. Uh. Well, they basically in Tron, they basically did like photo negatives, and then they painted. In the like the red and the blue, every I went with a bunch of writers who just cared about the story, and they're like, it. There was like the set pieces had didn't advance any action whatsoever. It was just like let's stop to just uh, throw some discs at each other. There's not even like a bad guy really. That's it's just <laughs> all kind of uh, the MCP is the sure bad the mass guy. control program. I tried to explain it to them. They didn't get it. <laughs> I hope you fired all of these idiots. <laughs> Because that is a good movie. Uh, Actually, I do think Tron is sort of a tough sell. I, I it's kinda a tough wonder sell. If you love Tron. I do no, it's a tough sell if you if you didn't see it when it came I out. I totally agree. Uh, if I you totally saw agree. it when it came out, it was life changing. It was it it was life changing. I, I collect Tron stuff. I um with the re release of the movie, I had a, a show called Breaking In at that time and I would leave this was where my priorities were. I would leave because the the Tron two was coming out. I would wait in line at this pop-up store in Culver City because they were going to release a pair of prototype Tron sneakers, mm-hmm. which I ended up getting. Oh, so sure. I, the, you got, the Velcro on Yeah, it? the Velcro yeah. on they light up. Yeah. So I, I, wait, I basically – I hope Sony's listening. I might have shut down a show to get a pair of sneakers. <laughs> so, uh, but they light up and they say Tron on wait, them. Wait, first this, then the Porsche? <laughs> God, you're just, no. you're just wasting <laughs> – well, this is what happens when they give you know people like me TV shows. It's you know the priorities are a little, a little like I I um in that same show I uh, I hired Roddy Reddy uh, Piper Roddy Rowdy Roddy, Roddy Piper, Piper yeah. uh, so he could sign my They Live poster. 
oh. um, which he signed Keep Chewing That Bubblegum, which oh. is just yeah. so good. The That's best. So wonderful. So nice. Um, and he was great. I bought the Nike, um, the Air Max, the, Mags, the, Back, yeah. to the, Ma- the Back to the Future 2 sneaks, and did an episode about them. So I could uh, charge the show naturally. Beautiful. So that's that's what that's. I'm going to say you you're doing it, it right. You're doing it a hundred percent right. And then I did a show about the '80s to get all the toys I ever wanted you for know, Adam's room. I feel like most people you're living my dream right I, now. Living the dream. How lucky are these people? How, how lucky is the network? I mean, you know what? Twenty years ago, maybe twenty-five years ago, you would have had your face buried in a pile of coke. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. If you were a sitcom star back then, but now, now you just want toys. I want toys, and and maybe if anything, some new Coke. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it's an '80s show. You mean so the collectible can of the new collectible Coke? can of new of new Coke? Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys buy into the theory that they did that on purpose no. to change the formula of no. Coke? In fact, the formula they say was better. And it was just all uh, th- it was. It, they were competing with the Pepsi Challenge, and mm-hmm. it tasted like mm-hmm. Pepsi. And it, yeah, it tasted like Pepsi. So they were, you know, it was just we're, we we've talked about doing an episode, but it's a hard sell to Coke. Like we want to do a, a story about your biggest disaster. <laughs> that's a hard. That's Bad a hard idea, sell. Jeans. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I think it sounds great. <laughs> we'll do it as a webisode. Yeah, exactly. You, know, like, you guys always a want digital content. Let's then, do a little webisode. Then I I don't have to get anyone's permission, I suppose, for webisodes. <laughs> this is good. We'll do this. I I think that it, it's wonderful that you're uh, keeping all this stuff alive. I I, I um. I have I have been burned several times in relationships where I, although my previous uh, my ex ex girlfriend Janet one of the things that we came together over is that we both collected Tron toys yeah and I had never met a sure. I'd never met a lady amazing. who collected Tron toys before Janet and so it was like a <gasps> I get it nor will you it. again nope no <laughs> no she had the recognizer like on, sure. our, on the first time we went out she brought out she set this. Recognizer toy like out on the on the table as a sort of like a here look that's amazing I uh, I'm trying to think I mean I've been with my wife since I was 16 and I think I I don't think man we we we're in that thing where it's like my our taste in movies is so different at this point because she wants to feel emotion and I just want to like go and you know and. I don't know. She must I, have loved risky business. I, I, I took a test of like, have you seen the, these worst movies ever? And I'd seen almost every single one. So as I think as I get older, if you look at my Netflix queue, it's like wrong turn part four. <laughs> and I don't know. Something about it, my taste in movies has just gotten worse and worse. And uh, uh, she's classy now. She loves like, you know, anything with people with English accents. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's. It's a ruse. I, I, I would love, I would love for her to come and bring a, a recognizer or a even, <laughs> even a disc of Tron, just but a basic one disc. disc of Tron. One disc of Tron. How disappointed were you by Tron Legacy? <sighs> I had, su- I don't think I've ever Parent had such company. Uh, I don't think I've ever had such high hopes for a movie that met movie. every expectation. And um, <laughs> look, I loved that they put Tron back out there. I'm always like, I'm, I'm, I, I thought. They didn't nail a good story, but hopefully they'll do another one and, and get it right. I thought it no, looked great. They, they pulled the plug. It's good to hear. Good yeah. To hear. <laughs> good to hear. Would Maybe you, I should you tweet. I have an idea for Tron 3. Why don't you guys get sucked into a computer yeah. on your show? Yeah. That's what I would – I like to keep things grounded, but why not? <laughs> Just an Apple like, II Plus, they go right in. I think every, <laughs> like every generation, uh, 
could like their what they get sucked into is a different version sure. of of I, their reality. It's funny. I actually briefly pitched Tron two before it was even a thing, just because I love Tron so much. And um, and what I realized in pitching it, it's a, it's a really hard job. So I think when I watched it, I didn't fault anybody. It's a hard. I mean, I I didn't come up with the idea that. Basically, dad was still in there and son has to go rescue him. I mm. thought that was a great idea. Yeah. I didn't think of that. So I thought it had some great stuff. It just – to me, like when they're building an army, I was like, for what? They're in a computer. Right. <laughs> Is the army going to come into our world and then they get shot? I just didn't – like stuff like that I didn't understand about the movie. But I thought it had some great stuff in it actually. So um, that's my answer. Yeah. My I mean answer. I think you know the in the original one it sort of made sense because – it was this kind of philosophical idea of like we're relinquishing too much control to these yeah. machines and they're becoming smarter and right. you know and 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 it is and master control program basically is artificial he does become artificially yes. intelligent and so um uh, so it, back then it was really cool yeah. now i think that story i think eh, i don't right. know i think my pitch had to do with basically um they went into a new computer mm-hmm. and had to basically somehow tap into it into, an, into the old ibm and so like, they needed to get a USB adapter. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was like port. all about crossing into the old world and kind of mixing like the new technology with the old technology. I don't know. I don't remember. It was 10 years ago. But you still. Know, I think in this age of reboots where they pretend like movies didn't happen a couple yeah. years ago, I think you could <laughs> for sure could reboot Tron Maybe I, do, I actually do that a lot. One of my favorite things is to take movies that I love that I grew up with and think of sequels and then try and make it happen like uh, Mighty Ducks 4. Is one? Yeah, um, I uh, I came up with a whole. It's like a twenty-page treatment, and I've pitched. Do you have a it. Goldberg jersey? I, I well, that was the movie meant a lot to me because the the goalie on it was yeah. named Goldberg, and he wore a Flyers jersey, and we that was like I was from Philly, so and it spoke to me and my brother Barry, and we watched it, and when we would play hockey together, we would pretend we were the Mighty Ducks or whatever. So it meant the movie meant something, and I go in, and it's basically one of those things where like no one. Uh, Disney called at one point when the Goldbergs just happened, and they were like, if Adam wants to do a movie, we're in. And then my agent was like, he has Mighty Ducks 4. They're like, we're out. (laughs) So so it was like anything but Mighty Ducks 4. Uh, But I have a whole pitch. Another one is the GoBots movie. Um, Oh, oh, the uh, GoBots. Yeah. They were so gummy. Yeah. They were so – I believe I'm the only one that um, is – I have the whole collection all uh, encased in individual uh, cubes cubes in my office. I I couldn't – the GoBots really bothered me. I was I was a Transformers sure. guy because I feel like the, the, the GoBots. It was almost like is there are their bodies liquid metal? Like they were so <laughs> yeah, fluid. They, like it yeah. was like fluid. And even as a kid, that really bothered me. The, the thing I loved about GoBots in my family it was never about quality. So trans, Transformers <laughs> were quality. Sure. Like the, the story was quality. Um, the 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 robots were complex. Uh, the GoBots were from GoBatron, mm-hmm. and uh, they basically, um, you know, okay. So I, we imagine them like sitting around the table. So and when Globetron wasn't it, running the it, Russia, it, it, like, was... and the whole thing is—it's so comedic. It's like all these guys sitting around. Okay, transform. They were actually first, but I like to imagine that Transformers is out, and they're like, "We gotta, okay, we gotta, we gotta compete." So, all right, we have a tank. It's a robot. It, it, it folds into a tank, like you said. It literally folds. Yeah. That's that's how it transforms. You fold it in half. What's its name? And then someone goes, "Tank." 
<laughs> Great. Next. <laughs> and that's like they're all like like the copter. Just, the helicopter is named Copter. Here's like, what I imagine. They're sitting around a, a boardroom and they had flashcards drawn up of each of the characters yeah. and they would just put it up and they go, tank. Tank. Great. Next. Great. <laughs> Bulldozer. Dozer. Uh, and, you know, and then there was a guy who wanted to take over Earth, but you didn't really know why and they, they didn't explain anything. So um, I – about maybe like eight years ago, approached Hasbro about doing a GoBots comedy. And for the, la- for the last eight years, have been developing this pitch. But the, the property is so confused because no one really wants – they can't figure out almost who owns it. Because it's so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. So it's like, is it Bandai? Is it uh, – so they're always running into legal problems. And it can never really happen because no one really knows who – 100% owns this thing. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like Tetris. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we yeah. don't know. No one really owns it. <laughs> it's a puzzle game, sort I guess. Rush- I think Russia owns it. I think no- – well, technically, Gorbachev? I think that's – Maybe Gorbachev I, I think, owns I think it? technically that's true. Yeah, technically that's Globetron. 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 Yeah, that's so, it's such a bummer that uh, – it's such a bummer that those ty- types of weird – I don't think people realize – because I think people just assume, well, we have access to anything. You can yeah. track someone down. But there are a handful – there are things that just like fell into a weird crack. Totally. That no one has thought about for a long time. And they're almost untraceable. Yeah. I mean like you'd, you'd really have to hire a, 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 a CIA agency sure. to sit down and track all the thing yes. and like find the guy. There's a Absolutely. guy somewhere that could just go, yeah. Absolutely. They, um, we have a hard time on the show. You know, any toy, any movie, TV show, we have to get permission, and it's impossible. It's the, it's the, the. I think the coolest and worst part of my job is I'm, I'm writing letters every day to like the weirdest things. Like I wanted to show, um, at one point there was like a really obscure. 80s thing called food fighters and i'm like oh it'd be cool if they were like in oh, the yeah, background the little, yeah the little like, french fries that yeah like french fries yeah. and uh like that were shaped as they were kind of good guys and bad yeah. guys and so they're like you got to write a letter so i'm like dear owner of food fighters this toy defined my childhood and then at the end of the day at, at, they're like yeah we don't know who owns it it was <laughs> some guy like i'm just a guy i'm a lawyer who kind of handles the thing? So yeah, if they fall into these weird, obscure. Oh, I bet it, it just. I bet it just like was part of an estate that got willed to someone yeah. that no one know, or it got just like bought like corporate uh, acquisition, and yeah. it's just in a weird. But you know, instead of trying to pursue GoBots, why don't you just make your like? What I'm just going to pitch two names at you. Sure. Either GoBots sure, or yeah. or Gobergs. Goldberg. Go, Goldberg. 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 Yeah. Goldberg. For sure. Goldbergs. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you could just make it yourself. <laughs> every, everything transforms into a Jewish guy. <laughs> if. <laughs> sure. If. If they all have shade, bad if, stomachs. If, if Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> they're all just 50, trying to get lactate. Sure, yeah. Their, if Fifty Shades of Grey can be uh, Twilight fan fiction, and that, yeah. and everyone knows that, and that's okay. Why couldn't like the why couldn't Goldbergs just be robot version that was that was appropriated from uh-huh. a Gobot storyline? Yeah. No, absolutely. That's um, you know, there's the the mother Goldberg, the the mother Gobot, Gold Goldbot who. Um, you know, this, maybe the the son's going to college and she stays in his dorm room because she doesn't want to <laughs> separate from him. She's always, she always recognized. <laughs> I know you just change into a machine. I can. I know that you're not the. Uh, yeah, but I, no, it's it's like the letters is exhausting but cool. I've I've gotten in touch with some really cool people that like I worshipped as a kid through the show. That's been really cool. Like. 
I'm trying to think. Um, I think the one of the coolest things that's happened. I, I've never told the story, but um, we were doing like a WWF episode, um, the first season, and that was huge for me and my brother. I have so much video of us like wrestling, and I was always Ultimate Warrior. He was Hulk Hogan, and you know, he's seven years older than me, Barry. So he would just destroy me, and I was just thrilled because my brother's paying attention to me. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, suplex me, do whatever you want. And um, the Ultimate- sorry, your brother turned out to be racist, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I the good ones. So then, um, so the, the Ultimate Warrior passed away two years ago, and I it, I just so happened uh, to have shot my WWF episode. So I called my producer and I'm like, I think every episode I dedicate it to my brother and I show my my home footage. What if we just dedicated this one to Ultimate Warrior because that was like my guy growing up. And uh, so we contacted the WWF. They're like, we own every bit of likeness. No. Uh, so that was done. And I went on Twitter and I'm like, does anyone know, like, have, does anyone have a picture of the Ultimate Warrior or anything? And through Twitter and, and fans, I got a call. I got a call. They're like, uh, Mrs. Warrior's on the phone for oh, you. And Mrs. I was like, what? <laughs> and so I, I pick up the phone and she, and this is like only a couple weeks after he had passed away, maybe two weeks. And she's like, you don't understand. This is the weirdest thing. Like, you're in our house, your show is like our show. I we watch it with the kids. My husband would oh like sit in the in the den and we'd hear his bellowing laugh and he always would say uh um, I put too much confidence in a fart because that's what Adam said at one point, and they had to bury his underwear in the yard and uh, like like the fact that this was your guy growing up and he just left us. This is like it's like him reaching out saying everything's going to be okay. Oh, it shit. was so cool. So we, um, I had uh, his his wife and the kids to the set, and uh, we put them on the show, and it was just really cool because, like, it was so cool that he, you know, I grew up on this guy, and then it, like my show meant something to his family, and it was just it was that was a really cool moment. Yeah, you. It's th- there was almost rad. like a. It was almost like a reflective influence. He influenced you, and yeah. then you later yeah. on. He was almost like he was getting that influence back through you. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. It was really cool. So Aww. that kind of stuff. Um, uh, Joe yeah. Bob Briggs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened to Joe Bob Briggs? I don't know. I, um, I loved Joe Bob Briggs. It would – I think – I'm trying to think. I wonder from time to time what happened to some of those guys. Like, what's Junkyard Dog doing right now? Like, oh, he's dead. Is he? Yeah. Oh, man. That sucks. <laughs> well, so well, I guess decomposing would be the thing. George Animal Steel? What's he? Is he a professor? I imagine Steel, being a professor. I believe, is dead as well. <sighs> well, you, you, you'd be man. hard pressed to name a wrestler who isn't dead from the, from the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's. Texas Tornado, dead. British Bulldog, dead. Really? Jake the Snake, somehow still with us. Yeah, well. (laughs) Keep going, Jake. I wonder if the snake's still around. Oh, Damien, right? Yeah. Yeah, the python. You know your stuff. That's good. (laughs) He knows (laughs) knows the name of the snake. They live live a long time. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think Matt just got a writing job on your show is what happened. (laughs) Hey, guys, I have this new guy here. He knows the name of the snake. Do any of you know the name of the snake? Damien, guys. I'm available. I'm already in the guild. It's fine. Oh, look at at teacher's new helper. Like, everyone just fucking hates you because you... Yeah, you just keep reminding Adam in the room. Hey, Damien, there were There's some good times. So there. many times in the room. One guy, Andy Secunda, who oh yes, of course. Yeah, he said he wants to. He said say he he's a me to brilliant say. improviser. He's the best, and he's like he and I are the only ones. 
who really will get deep into it and everyone else like rolls their eyes at <laughs> our like that would be something like that we do in the room like get really specific into some 80s geekery and and uh but yeah i don't i tend i like hiring people that don't i don't know stuff about like ma- I have major thing like sports i know nothing I got so, you covered. What do you want to know? Yeah, yeah. That, that's where Matt's kind of weird is yeah. that he knows he, – he has very deep trenches of knowledge about some things that seem obvious and other things don't, don't seem obvious. Knows a ton about baseball. Right. Knows a ton about wrestling. Mm-hmm. Knows everything about Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Also uh, can tell you everything about Frasier and Cheers. Sure, like sure. there's yeah, yeah. there's a lot of different <laughs> strain. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that are seemingly unrelated. I know about the American Space Program. I can tell you all about that. Too. Lo- 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 loves <laughs> NASA. The joke in the room with me and sports is like that. I'm at the point where I'm like, so how does this work? You go to a place and you 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 sit in a chair. What is this? And you you watch a game. I know it's well. It's like it's, the Mighty Ducks are happening for real in front of you. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> d- yeah. There was a I kind of know hockey just because my dad forced me to play it. But other than that, uh, it's yeah. There's a major. I just what I, position did you play? I wouldn't know if what, what left wing. Mm, that's ah, true. Left wing. That I did an episode about it. I scored on my own goal. Um, and uh, it was the only goal I ever scored. And then in the car ride home, there was silence. And my dad looked at me and goes, you don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> you don't want to. I Did said, you feel okay. relieved or were you like – So relieved. Oh, good. So relieved. It was – I had this realization recently. Um, a friend of mine had a bachelor party at our old camp. So it was kind of like a camp reunion slash bachelor party. And it was the best. Um, but I had a lot of anxiety about going back into a bunk where I felt like – Kids teased me sometimes, and it was very cathartic, and I had to play sports as an out-of-shape 39-year-old with people who were great at sports back at camp. Now, mind you, this is Jewish summer camp, so how good could we have really been? <laughs> um, you know, If you could do a layup, you're Michael Jordan. But, um, but I went there, and I had this realization where when they were playing baseball, I had this realization where I thought everyone's experience playing baseball was me and Redfield going, please, if there's a God, if you are listening, do not hit the ball to me. If if you do, it, please, I I am praying to you. Do not have the ball come to me. And I re, I realized in that moment, there's people that have the experience. Please, I want the ball so bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm dying. I want to touch it. I want to I want to throw it. I, I never. I thought everyone had that experience with me, which was like torture. And no, I loved it. Yeah. No, not no. I I always I feel like I was more like Millhouse when Homer starts coaching Bart's football team. And and they throw him to me. He's like, "No, Bart, please, no!" Like I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, I don't want it. I don't want. It, I want it. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. So, I'm good." I didn't realize that there were people out there that desperately wanted to actually play, and it was fun. Finding their glory in the physical universe. <laughs> sure. Strange. Sure. I'll take dick jokes, thank you. <laughs> I don't need to prove anything in uh, catching a ball for a reason. Exactly. Uh, but I think that's smart to to sort of you know. That's kind of the uh, the that that the the Lincoln construct of surround yourself right. with people who, For sure. you know, your team of rivals, who people who know things For that sure. you don't know. It is helpful to have um, writers that have very 
a very needy mom, and, and, and <laughs> that is helpful. Um, I find that the overbearing Jewish mother is kind of universal amongst many people. Uh, overbearing so. uh, Catholic mother? Sure, yeah. No, you know, not even overbearing. My mom's pretty rad, actually. We're pretty close, but but very, I should say, I don't mean overbearing, overprotective. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, I think overbearing is more like, when are you going to do your homework? You know, my yeah. mom was just like, don't, if you leave the house, I want you to call yeah. me the minute you leave. There's my mom is definitely uh, it's interesting. I mean, I don't look. I don't want to hurt her feelings here, but she loves the podcast. By the way, she, I, she's a yeah. big fan. No, Huge. she'll listen. Believe really? me, really, she will listen. Oh yeah, Aww. I think she has a Google alert on me at this point. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, look, the the Beverly in the show is a very. Disney-ish version of my real mom, who was like storming down to school every day, demanding excellence, um, and I can't. The the bummer is like I have to pull back. Like I can't do the stories that I really would love to do. Um, I'm trying to think of like if there's an example. Um, I don't think I've told this one yet. Maybe, I, uh, but one I was telling in the room was exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. One I was telling in the room was my mom was addicted to shopping and we did an episode about it and ABC and Sony had a lot of concerns because they're like, it's just, it's like unlikable and she's like wasting money and it's not, it's all, it was not one of our better episodes because she wasn't, she was being more selfish. She wasn't being, people love Beverly when she's like giving everything to the kids and it backfires. That's like the formula, right? So we went out of our comfort zone because I'm like, this is part of my mom. She's obsessed with shopping. And uh, wall-to-wall sound and video was a place on the East Coast that was going out of business, much like Blockbuster just did, right? So they had like everything is half off, and my mom is like, we got to go now. <laughs> so we go. It's like all everything must go clearance, and my mom lost – and I'm like 11, and my mom completely loses control, and she's like dumping in TVs and, and boom boxes and like even stuff that was broken. Like this is virtually free. She would just throw it in the cart. So we had two carts. I was push- pushing one. She was pushing one. And I go, Mom, look, uh, buy one video, get four free. And my mom is like, oh, my God. <laughs> so we go over and I stop and it's like hardcore porn. And I'm like, oh, no, mom, I don't I think these are like bad, you know, adult movies. And my mom's like, I don't care. And she puts her arm like behind the row and just like dumps them all into the cart. So we came home with like a giant satchel, a sack filled with pornography. And I vividly remember, my brothers remember it vividly, too, like my mom dumping it on the table. And it's like a mountain of porn videos. Ron Jeremy, like the classics. Yeah, sure. And I'm sitting there with my mouth hang open as my brothers and my dad are fighting. Like, you know, I want, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah. And my mom is just beaming like, I did good. This is the bargain of all bargains. So, like, that's the reality of my mom. And, but you and, can't show that on. on You know, it was the show was initially for Fox, and I was going to do all those stories. But, you know, the, the, you know, the more, you know, I think the funniest stories I can ever do. Just because right. they're, they're that. They're my you know mom. what, though? For a family channel, families come from sexual intercourse. <laughs> more penetration in prime time. <laughs> the standards on ABC is, is amazing. It's, um, I mean, we get notes. I got notes that I wasn't allowed to say poop three times. Are you serious? And uh. I'm like, my my 
my four year old reads a book, everybody poops. Like we say it on Nick. I do. I do a show on Nickelodeon, a cartoon, and we say poop fart all yeah, the time. Yeah, they wouldn't. You know, they boobs anything. They you know they're they really want to keep it wholesome. And frankly, I don't even do that. Yeah, I never thought I'd ever write like a wholesome family show, and I I realized probably about five episodes in that that's what this was. So we don't even do that stuff anymore. It's it doesn't feel right. But there are those times where you would love to do. Um, we're doing uh, we're doing an episode where my dad grew a mustache in the eighties because that was like the thing. He loved Magnum PI and he had sure. a mustache for a long time. So we're, I'm doing an episode about that. And uh, Murray has a line where he talks about his um, he rents a Ferrari just so we could ride around in it, and he talks about his, this is my mustache ride. And I know <laughs> I'm going to get a note. Be- from them about you can't say mustache ride and it's essentially the only reason we did the story just for uh, that joke because he he has no idea what a mustache I think you ride can, is I think, you can, I think you can just you can make the justification it's like, it's can like, I can you email can we do this can you yes. email standards alright yes, let's do I'm gonna it email standards <laughs> I'm going to get you GoBots <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to talk to standards this is about a great this has been very productive mustache for me rides <laughs> mustache rides uh, uh, so I, I, I it, it is Good sometimes, I think, to have those hurdles to have to write around because it does force you to be more creative yes, when when you want to make a poop joke or a yeah. fart joke or or so I think I think in some sense it's actually really it's For actually sure. really good. For sure. It's like Jaws, you know? The shark didn't work and you you gotta get creative. Bruce. And- Bruce. It's Damien. It's Damien. Bruce the Shark, Damien's the Snake. Hey, guys. What's up? What's the hot to trot horse? Do you know that? No. Okay. That's all right. No, I don't remember. uh, That's funny you mentioned that because Bobcat was just on and he told a story about how the horse uh, hated him. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that. They they just did not get along. The horse fucking hated him. (laughs) Would not, you know, just like took dumps or in front of him. (laughs) I love it. One of those weird 80s movies. Man, there were so many good ones back then. Where's that 90s? No, No, that was 80s. That's 80s. Yeah, Yeah, Dabney. Dabney was in it. God damn it, he was so good. I know. I mean, he's still good, but I mean, he was in so many of those movies in the 80s. For sure. God damn it. Yeah. He was. We should have a Dabney Coleman retrospective. At the Greek, you know, you, at the Greek, yeah. I was just thinking Cine family, but if you, if you think we can <laughs> fill, <laughs> you think we can fill like five thousand seats? I have bad news. You've just been bankrupted. <laughs> what? By your That's impossible. No, I rented out the Hang Greek. On, Did you I, not hear what we said? Dabney, Dabney Coleman, Coleman movies. I don't understand. That's nine to five. Who's That's our short time. Fire That's cloak and dagger. <laughs> sure. What the fuck anymore? Yeah. No, I um. I was I was a big fan. It's yeah. I mean, uh, did you ever put him? Did you ever? He's still alive. Like, oh could, yeah, he was no. on Boardwalk. You could put him on. I, I would love to have the, the hard thing too is is a lot of these these people who were really big in the eighties reach out and like I'll like for example Scott Baio. Like yeah. I talked to him on Twitter. He's a really cool dude, and I would love to have him on the show. But he's on the wall in the girl's bedroom as like says Scott Baio. Right. So if he walks in, it's like Uncle Ted. It's gonna be like you're, but you're Scott Bayo. Like so, it's that is the hardest. Maybe thing Maybe that's something show. she has to cope with. <laughs> I'm sure that her uncle <laughs> her looks like uncle she looks like, like her, fuck her uncle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I know you look ABC, just like Scott Bayo. I'm I not think, Scott Bayo. I mean, she has some feelings she has to uncle. deal with. So yeah, maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's the answer. <laughs> Scott Bayo again. Just I'm looks available. Like... <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt just wants a great sitcom <laughs> writing job. But it, it's a good uh, – because yeah, Scott was dire- directed TV for a long time. Yeah. I did a sitcom in ni- 1998, and he directed a bunch of the episodes. What? Which one? What? It, you wouldn't know it. <laughs> oh. Okay. It was on UPN. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, it was a show called Guys Like Us. It was created oh, yeah. by Dan Schneider. Yeah, sure. And uh, I remember that one because it was I – I think the bit was, is it guys like us? 
<laughs> or guys like us. Yeah, guys <laughs> like us. Like guys like us. Guys like us. Or guys I always used like to us. sing it with the spies like us theme. Guys yeah. like us. But yeah, it yeah, didn't. I like that. It didn't. It not, nothing exactly. saved. Nothing saved that show. Yeah, it was like Dan's briefly stepped out of his Nickelodeon sure. paradise to work is, in network television. He has an like, empire. Never again. Well, I think that that cured him. Stepped back to his ivory tower. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I, I, I Scott directed a bunch of those episodes, and you know, and then there were a bunch of guys who directed like classic, like Joel Zwick, and yeah. uh, um, uh, who who just directed some of the greatest television sure. from from the eighties. Yeah, are the, are you working with any of those guys as directors? I'm trying to think. Um, I no, I mean, we have uh, David David Katzenberg is like our in house EP, so he directs half. Um, Trying to think, uh, no, I. It's really, you really. I. I just kind of go with the tried and true guys. Who it is the sweetest gig women. in television. Yeah, is it, directing a sitcom. It is. I mean, well, you know, I'm a multi, so it's a nightmare. Right. Uh, when George first signed on for the Goldbergs, I don't. I'm. I'm. We're 99 percent sure he thought it was a sitcom, and he's <laughs> right. like, because he did just shoot me. Right. So yeah. like George Siegel coming in, and he, we're like, no, no, George, this is. He's like, where's the audience? So we're like, no, George, it's a, it's a single cam, and he's like, oh, is that good for the actors? And we're like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's great, George. Uh, but um, yeah, it's you know you're shooting a movie. Well, while you're week. setting up, I'm gonna play my banjo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love him when he does his banjo. We try and put it on the show whenever we can. It's the best. Um, but yeah, you're shooting a movie every week, and it's I try to make it like cinematic, like the Wonder Years. So it's um, uh, yeah, it's a it can be a logistical nightmare most weeks. Do you ever worry like, what if I run out of eighties? Then we'll go to the 90s. <laughs> I, I guess suppose. you could. We could, right? They I'm, did it on Happy Days, didn't yeah. they? Didn't they jump decades in Happy Days? I think the last year... Didn't they year, jump to 1960s? I think in the last year they were in the 60s. Yeah. I, will I run out of the 80s? I mean, God, I should be so lucky, right? I guess. I mean, right now we're in the third season. We've done 50. Wow. Um, they're still... We're not struggling yet. When is so. syndication? Hundred. I guess 100. Oh, I guess you're so. halfway there! I'm halfway Season there. Five. Yeah. All, that's it. I, it's especially cool because um, the critics hated the show when it premiered. Nah, it was, they don't know shit. It was very polarizing. I get it. I mean, it was different because I. It was a different show when I shot the pilot. It was. St- I was still in that Fox mind frame. It was going to be loud, and I thought it edgy or something. And it was really like an expose of my crazy family. And then once I saw, kind of saw the reviews and saw what people thought, and I was like, no, I'll just make it like. Super nostalgic and relatable. So I kind of shifted the whole tone in between pilot and the series. Um, but people said we were going to be canceled in one episode. So. You know, they shouldn't even review a show you until uh, until after the first season. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't even know. Like, I know. It's not even like everyone knows how television works. Like it's, I know. it takes well, time I mean, to out find of the a gate, voice. Out of the gate, Frasier is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. And Modern Family, honestly, like all the oh, great shows really are great. Pilot. Technically, though. It's not like they just started Frasier from scratch. Like they had the team in place. Like they had a good team in place going yeah. into that. They already knew who the you know Frasier already knew who his character was. They just kind of. What is a show that was terrible out of the gate and became amazing? I'm well, people people didn't like Seinfeld in the beginning. Yeah, it but... took a few episodes for Seinfeld to click into place. Yes. What other? What else? Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. That's, a, that's why. It is. But that's because, like, they didn't, like, shoot a pilot even. They were like, just put it on the air! And they just, like, threw it up there. <laughs> um, that's true. Like, the first season I watched, it was uneven, but 
then it's then it becomes the greatest thing ever. So yeah, uh, in terms of sitcoms that are considered the best, um, yeah, I don't know actually. Oh, Star Trek: The Next Generation starts out real bad. It's, it's <laughs> I remember and watching turns into that a hilarious. One. Sitcom. I remember watching it live. Yeah. on on TV, and Syndicated. I thought it was great, but I. Uh, yeah, no, I. Well, I did too. I was a kid, though. That yeah, the that's the thing. Yeah. When you're a kid, that's um, we talk, We're talking about that in the room the other day. Like, what was the first movie when Batman you were a Robin. kid and you saw it and you were like, "Oh my god, I don't like this." Because you like everything. For me, it was Police Academy Five. Was that uh, Citizens on Patrol um, or was that no, no Simon that's Miami Beach? That's uh, no, uh, is, uh, Miami uh, Beach is two, I believe. Uh, this one is uh, five. It's the one with like the City Mr. Under Claw Siege. City Under Siege, I think. Um, and uh, Jesus I watched it, and I remember the first time going, this is terrible. And I'd never had that reaction in a movie before. Up until then, I loved everything I saw. I'm, I'm about seven years younger than right. you, so I enjoyed that movie because yeah. I saw it when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. And what was yours? You said Batman and Robin. It was Batman and Robin. Yeah. I saw it in the theater. It was the first movie I remember thinking while it was happening, like, this oh, no, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I mean I, it is terrible. It is terrible. I mean I feel like terrible. growing up in a in a at the dawn of cable, I must have seen I I mean I'm sure I saw a lot of movies that my parents liked where I'm like, "Wait, eh, what, this is boring." Is there a movie you don't like? Yeah, of you, course. Or do you just like entertainment in general? People say that about me. I just like entertainment. Like no, I like everything. You know, it was probably um there were probably a couple it was probably some Crappy movie that was derivative you of sound like Tom Fast Cruise Times. right now. Let's get an no. answer out of you. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of. There were a ton of movies that I didn't like. There were uh, there were a ton of movies I didn't like, but they they tended to be more um, sports related movies. Uh, like Major League. Major League, I love. It's a great movie. It's maybe the only sports movie that I actually love. Is that ma- one is, is a, Major League. Whole, Major comes, League Two, Back to the Minors? Did not like Back okay. to the Minors. Major no. League Three. No, Major League Three is Back to the Minors. What's Two? Major League Two is just Major League oh, Two. Oh, Major League Two and Major League Three is Back to the Minors. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Guys, let me Scott, Bacula, Scott Bacula in Three, Scott right? Scott Bacula is yeah, the okay. manager of gotcha. the. I do, remember being, the, name of the team. I do remember being super bummed out at Fletch Lives. All right, there yeah, you go. There you go. I mean, like, really bummed it. But I've also said publicly that I did not like Ghostbusters 2. And Ghostbusters right, is one of my right, favorite movies yeah, of all time. I don't care for you right now. Again, I saw it, and they, they had the NES advantage working the, um, the Statue of Liberty, yep. and as a child, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, and that was started and, my lifelong love of Jackie Wilson music. Yeah, but I'm sure. <laughs> and my lifelong love of uh, effects not having to be consistent <laughs> when the Statue of Liberty mysteriously changes sizes. Sizes and turns. The head's yeah, turning. Yeah. Really yeah. weird. So that <laughs> Really was weird choices. A, by the way. You think it would just take you like ten minutes to coat the entire inside of the Statue of Liberty with slime? Like that would fucking what are you? What are we even you talking about? Is, like the pink slime always to me looked like bad school lunch tuna fish. That's what it always yeah. looked like. They were squirting yeah. all over the inside of that thing. It ju- it looked alien to me. It didn't. I mean, it, I, I, I the concept was fine. Peter McNichol is funny. Peter McNichol's great in that movie. Yago, uh, fucking Janos. Janos, Janos, Janos Poha. From, yeah. yeah, he was. You know, he was great, but. I don't know. I didn't like the relationship between Venkman and Dana Barrett in that movie. I didn't like the, it. Just have now. There was the whole thing they shot where, um, uh, where Rick Moranis becomes a Ghostbuster. Yep. 
which I was really excited. I had heard about and was excited to see, and it wasn't in the movie. And it was I remember being like, what happened to the thing? I think it was in a – no, it's in there. It's in there. It, but it was like a whole thing. Like he wear – it was like a whole subplot that they lopped it out. It is. It's there. Is it there? Yeah. I feel like you might just be watching uh, some TV edit. Yeah. Is that what it is? It's in there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's in there. He pulls oh, it's out. In there. He wears a Spangler. He, literally he does. Yeah. I'm a Ghostbuster. Yeah. At the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Am I watching a TV edit? I've seen the movie a bunch of times. <laughs> he's the one who like he's shooting the museum, and when the uh, the slime right, and he goes, I did off, it. I did it. it. Yeah. I guess he is a Ghostbuster. Yeah, he's a full on Ghostbuster. Oh. Well, I, uh, who knew? Ghostbusters, <laughs> what do you want? Ghostbusters, what do you want? What do you guys think about the new one? I'm excited about it because yeah, I love Paul Feig. Here's yeah. my problem. Yeah. Yes. I think the proton packs that they bought the proton packs bother me. I have no problem with the casting or right. the story. Or you don't the like the proton packs. Do. Like I, the my proton problem packs? is with the proton packs. What about the, What if the story lends itself to the way that the proton pack? Well, looks that's why like I'm that, reserving though. that judgment yeah. for when I go. I'm going to yeah. go see it. No yeah. problem. It was the sure. only time. With with the new Ghostbusters, the only time I ever ask someone, "Can I please be in your thing?" Because yeah. Paul, Paul, who's a great guy, just go to Boston. Paul, who's an amazing guy, uh, he wanted to come on Talking Dead, so I said, "Sure, come on Talking Dead." And then afterwards, not like that's why I asked him on, but I was like, "No, you had an agenda." Listen, I Let's never, <laughs> I never, I've ne- I've never asked anyone this. If there's anything in Ghostbusters to be a dream, a dream is like. Sure, if there's something in there, I'll let you know. And I never, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not in it. You're not done shooting it. Well, I would think at this point I would get a phone call and go get prepared. Maybe there's some hilarious thing. Do you see Chris Hemsworth on a motorcycle today? That could have been Chris Hardwick on a motorcycle, <laughs> but it wasn't. But it looks, he looks. So first, I didn't get to be four. He looks hilariously dorky in it, like. He looks like he's pulling a Rick Moranis in Ghostbusters. I have so much faith in Paul Feig, and I absolutely believe uh, that he can pull. I feel like he can pull. What I would love is to read all those other scripts that have been written in the last. I want to read the one where Venkman is the villain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you do you know about that storyline? Well, there's like the the Aton Cohen. There's that one. That was the one before this one, and then the guys um, Gene uh, Lee and Gene. From the office, yep, they did, did a, worked on it for a long time. There's just been, and then there's one where ve- they go to hell. Is obviously one that's been out there that Dan Aykroyd, I think, wrote. Um, After you know, watching that, Bogus Journey, that they, uh, that you know they, what ma- I recommend you track down is the Back to the Future script from when they thought Chris McGlover was going to be in the movie, and they put it in the '60s. Oh wow! Yeah. Which script is that? It's a script that is that I, we found it in a in a in a. At Culpelson, which is a production company, they did uh, Seven and some. I think they did Apocalypse Now, but so uh, they were. There was a f- there was a script we found in an archive that was the Back to the Future Two. Is it better? Yeah. Well, it's not, <laughs> but it's not like I love really Back cool. to the Future Two, but it was this other story that existed that and had, it, fo- that it followed it followed George McFly. Yeah, that was Marty having to go back to the sixties, and and they're all like George is like a. Uh, hippie and like Lorraine's, you know, a flower child, that kind of thing. Oh man, maybe that was yeah. Wow, that's um. I've read the original Back to the Future script, which makes you feel good as a writer because it's like it's imperfect. Like I, they sent it out and it didn't sell, and it becomes a masterpiece eventually. Yeah, but just to read the 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 first draft where you know the time machine works because he spills Coca Cola on it, and that's a secret ingredient, and all these things that just kind of feel half-baked and not right until it takes that whole long journey. It makes you feel like, oh, they didn't just write this brilliant script and shoot it the next yeah. day. It was like a really long process of 
of development and getting notes and and working on it and you know it's it's, it's oh well even Ghostbusters if you look at the deleted scenes you're like yikes yeah. they he, he made a good choice to cut that out yeah. I mean yeah. it's and that and that to me is what's so daunting about the process of making movies that there are a million different yeah. ways to fuck it up yeah how do you know when it's right how do you For know sure. when it's right when you're that close to it and you just see it over and over and you don't even know what reality is anymore yeah. it's um. It's amazing that any movie turns out – studio movie turns out good after having – going through that process a couple times uh, just because the script like you – as a especially as a writer, you get it to a certain point. The only thing that remotely is mine that is like to the page of the screen was this movie I did called Aliens in the Attic, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a Goonies, gremlins type movie that came out a couple years ago. That was because of the strike. They literally had no one to write it, so they just basically had to put it into production and shot my script. So that was kind of cool. But other than that, it's it's so when you there's so many you you know you work so hard crafting every single sentence, and then you give it off to the director, and they're like, yeah, it's a rough template, basically. (laughs) So um, I've known writers that have showed up at their movie that their name is on, and they've never even seen it, and it resembles nothing that they did. So it's it's a it's a weird. And then Mm. when you do TV, that's why I think writers return to it or want to do it if they're doing movies because you actually what you write actually is makes it yeah it it survives it's also kind of nice to have a regular job when it's going it's nice to have a place to go every day doing 24 episodes though is is insane super easy right oh yeah yeah no it's like you know these this like netflix thing with eight episodes that's 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 got to be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At a certain point, like you just last year, there's a couple where the episodes just got away from us just because we had to keep going. Um, like we did a Princess Bride one, and I kind of watch it now, and I go, oh, "We could have made this a lot better had we the time." We were, you know, barely getting any, all the clips cleared and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, you just sometimes towards the end, they Andre just get the away Giant did. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Got another one. Another one. Another one claimed by the evil clutches of nature. I mean, but that I don't I can't believe they took Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Coco beware no you know I, I for the longest time for like the last 15 years remember Coco's parrot's name no but yeah, I know he, he yeah okay. I know he had a parrot that was his bed he had a parrot I've been I I had hoped they would make and I started trying to track it down like 15 years ago I think a greatest American hero movie would be rad. Yeah. And I don't and I know that most people don't know what it is, but the premise of it is sure. so fantastic. It's amazing. That's it's such a Did you watch any of the yeah. Greatest American movie? Feels like a Lord Miller like they would hop on that Do you movie feel like it would take it a long time cuz like the whole evolution of that program is him figuring out the suit more and more. But that Yes, and, and I feel like... Also, the I just sh- called it a program. The program. <laughs> the program. Yeah. And, and I feel like the show kind of got a little boring when he figured out the suit. Like, sure. at, like partway into the series, because if you don't know Grey's American Hero, which I'm pretty sure it's still on Netflix, but it's, you know, it's this guy's school teacher, and there's, a, there's an FBI guy played by Robert Culp, and these aliens select William Catt, mm-hmm. oh, who's actually been on the podcast, uh, to be the recipient of this, this space suit, which apparently they go around the universe and give out suits to basically, you know, like this is use this for good and patrol your planet. And the suit has these superpowers and he loses the instructions. And so the the brunt of the series is him trying to be a superhero while simultaneously trying to figure out how this crazy yeah. suit works. And it's fucking great. Yeah. That I would agree. be such a great premise for a movie. You wouldn't even have to know the original. Well, guess what? Bondi owns that. Guys. Oh, is that true? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, when we um, we did a whole episode about the Transformers movie from the eighties, 
and uh, not the new ones. Like no, the, no, 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 the one with Orson Welles and yeah. Leonard Nimoy. And uh, that was another one where no one knew who owned it. Like, like Sony was searching oh, wow. and searching, and everyone was like, I think it's that person over there. And, yeah, again, fell in that crack. I in saw that, that in the movie. Th- my friend, my friend uh, Mike and I saw that in the movie theater. And I love this story, by the way. Do you know the story? I hope it's about Starscream. Which one? When Starscream dies and you get so upset. Oh. Opt- <laughs> that was a separate story. You mean Optimus? I, no, Starscream? Starscream dies. He, I remember. Uh, Galvatron kills him. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I had some friends over and I was trying to – they were friends that I was trying to impress. And so I <laughs> showed them that scene where – because I was like, well, of course. But how Starscream. old are you during this? Um, I was probably – Okay. Thirteen. Okay. Gotcha. Maybe. Gotcha. Okay. And so, uh, uh, you know, because it, in the transfer in the movie you're talking about, they just willy nilly just oh, yeah. start killing them they left just, and right. They kill everybody. and they swear in the movie. Like I saw yeah. in the theater, and there was like Spike says shit yeah, and or crazy. something, and like one of them. And so it's really weird that they went that direct. It would never happen now. Um, and so uh, I show yeah I showed them the scene where Starscream, Starscream dies is like can you believe that and then, and then we didn't really hang out much again. <laughs> didn't really have who's this impact. weirdo that's really invested in Starscream? I mean he was in the whole series. Like, I know. I mean it's, it would, it's wrong to it, do. It doesn't it doesn't make it would be like if they made a Friends movie. Yeah. And then, like, killed Chandler in 20 minutes. I literally went home after that movie, and I made I remade my own movie because I was so upset by it, <laughs> where Optimus rides from the grave and uh, and lifts. Because it was like I, – like, I loved that. That was my thing, the Transformers. And then to go and just, just watch, like, one bullet, like, come out of a Decepticon and hit – Ironhide and he explodes. Like, what is that? They've completely, yeah, they completely changed <laughs> the physics of the movie and the rules yeah. of the movie. And I'm sure when they were pitching it, they were, I, I can totally, I it was for get toys. It. It's for toys. I, we got to introduce were, new toys. Yeah. I know, but I get when they were pitching it, we're like, this is going to be really cool. We're actually going to do something that we could never do on the TV series. But as a kid, you're just like, yeah. what the fuck what are, are you, you doing? Do? Megatron takes out – he's taking people out like execution style. It's it's brutal. It's really, really yeah. brutal. Uh, but um, Unicron's rad. Yeah. And, uh, and they introduced the Sharkicons. Yes. So oh, yeah. those, those hit Transformers, and the, the gar- Sharkicons. The, the garbage plant. Yeah, it's very clunky. <laughs> Sharkicon. Sharkicon. Let me rock a Sharkicon. It's one notch away from tank. <laughs> <laughs> and then the garbage plant when they play yeah, Dare Weird Al. Stupid. Yeah, we'll playing the, some Weird Al. Eric Idle's one of the voices yeah. of the. Yeah, no, it had some cool. I mean, you know, I, I did. I've seen the movie a bunch of times and. Uh, Every season we play, you've got the touch. Uh, <laughs> Stan on, Bush, uh, some Stan Bush. Um, so that's cool. And but yeah, I that was one of those episodes again where I think you and I would mm-hmm. have been like so into it. I was pitching it in the room. Secunda and I are going back and forth, and all the other writers are like, "Stop." <laughs> Hammer time. Nobody knows what you're talking about, and I'm like, "No, it's a thing." Like. People like guys my age went to see this movie and were traumatized, and they're like, "No, they didn't, dude. It was you and maybe <laughs> like twenty people on Facebook." You know what's interesting is that there are a handful of things from the eighties that I almost was convinced I was crazy because somehow, when the internet lets you down and things slip through the cracks, it's almost like your reality. Like for the longest time, and finally someone put it up somewhere, and I was—I think maybe it's on Hulu now. 
But I, I had been telling people, no, there was an ALF cartoon on Saturday yeah, mornings, sure, yeah. and it yeah. was fucking great. Yeah, it was on Melmac. They, it was they on Melmac. Yeah. yeah, there were some With where they would Rhonda, do, Rhonda. Was yes. a, yeah. they would they would do a uh, they would do some that were basically like a sitcom back on Melmac, and then they would do the the second half of the episode was them like alfing a fairy tale yeah, somehow yeah, yeah, and so or some sort of classic story and for the longest time i was like no i'm telling you and it was really funny and it was very it was very self-referential and very and then finally it i think oh, it, it, i made it on to hulu it's all out there now yeah. which is crazy like you can even um like i'll remember some really weird different strokes episode i'm like was that it actually on television and you'll google it and there it is yeah. it's didn't amazing. sam get touched or someone yeah, by yeah, a no, yeah. sam got kidnapped sam got Dud- kidnapped Dud- sam got kidnapped dudley got molested dudley got in the bike in the bike shop, repair, in the bike yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i uh, yep. th- this this might this might slightly <laughs> yeah, blow yeah. your mind just in terms of uh, ten- uh, of of historic television moments my family and I happened to be in Los Angeles when I was uh, – this was like in 1980. I was, a, I was a little kid. Somewhere we went to a taping of Different Strokes. Right. And the warm-up guy came out and said, so um, this is going to be a slightly different episode because we're doing what's called a spinoff. And so in this episode, we're introducing some characters from a new show called Facts of Life. Wow, that's cool. So they had all the Facts of Life girls or at least the ones from the, the original yeah, sure. season. Come on, I think maybe Tootie was there. A couple others came. Molly Ringwald. Molly Molly, Ringwald would have been there, and uh, they were on different strokes at the taping. I remember that episode. You do, yeah, because the the maid left and went off with them to be the house. Did you also see the finale of uh, Newhart? I was at the finale of Newhart. Yeah, because I was friends with Peter Scolari, so I used to hang out at the Newhart set and got and saw and saw the finale. I think my family did the same thing, and we went to see. Happy Days when Mork was on it. Oh my god! I, the weirdest television spinoff of all ever, ever. And and you watch the thing that's so crazy about it is like you have Happy Days, which is this show set in essentially reality, right? Yeah, and so, then super grounded, super grounded. And then you introduce an alien. It's so bizarre that they would do that. I think at that point they were like, "Our show is well, so like, popular. It's like the it end. doesn't yeah. fucking matter. It's like the end of Night Court." Yeah. When Bull returns to his home planet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. eh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Who gives a shit? Are we gonna, guys, are we going to do this? Yeah, I think we're going like, to do it. This table's falling over with all of Laura Kett's Emmys. That's we might great. as well just fucking. I mean, there were, you know, yeah. the <laughs> Happy Days, Happy Days, and All in the Family, and Mary Tyler Moore were these insane spinoff machines. Yeah, for sure. That. That they, at a certain point, it just didn't even matter. Like, as long as we can put this other thing next to. You know, the old thing that people know without a doubt. By association. Ha- let me ask this. Has that worked in a while? I don't think there's been a successful spin-off. <sighs> I don't think they even really do it anymore. Because Since Joey failed. Because, it's, it, because things are different now because the audiences – I mean when you have something that has like 40 million people watching it every, you know, every week, mm. I feel like they go, well, there's enough audience to share to start this new right. thing. But I feel like audiences just aren't big enough anymore. I mean like if – Five million people watch your show. They're doing fucking backflips at a at a network. It's just it's just different now. I, I was really disappointed. NBC didn't do the Office spinoff, the um, the Shroot Farms. You know, I oh, guess right. I guess you know they they again they did the pilot where they introduced all the characters and aired it as a television episode. But yeah, what well, again? Parks and Rec. It wasn't perfect, um, but. It's like, what else are you going to do, guys? Come on. Like, you have the team. Yeah. You have Dwight. Everyone loves Dwight. Um, it's like, they'll figure it out. Why, why not put that on? Like, I wish 30 Rock did a Queen of Jordan spinoff. Yeah. 
<laughs> was such yeah. a good episode. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah uh, spinoff <laughs> would have been great. I'm actually kind of surprised there wasn't a Kenoff spinoff. A, yeah, Kenneth, a Kenneth, Kenneth spinoff, spin-off yeah. yeah. But is that what Kimmy Schmidt is a little bit? No, no. Kimmy Schmidt's just the same, similar team. It doing just feels a very... so similar, which is... Great. And I think part of the feel is the music is the same. Yeah. Because it was written by... I think sure. a Kenneth spinoff... I wonder, I wonder, do you think Kenneth could be the central character in something, or do you think he needs to be a supporting character? I don't think so. No, you have to be... Because you'd ha- you would have to then shift him to be the normal character in an even exactly. crazier situation. Exactly. I'm trying to think, like, <clears throat> to have any worked. I guess Joey's the last one, the last really. Last one tried, yeah. Which I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Multi-counts are so hard mm-hmm. that... I I think if it came out now, they would they have to stick with it, right? I'm sure if like I'm sure if I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't spun off a Big Bang in some way, right? Oh, give them time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Once those contracts it, start going, it's, oh, uh, it's still going so strong. Yeah. I love it. I, lo- I love it. So, I mean, it's it's really it's just a different time in television now. Yeah. It's just a different time, and 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 I think it's a, I think it is amazing that you're 50 episodes in. I mean, I know. From experience, how hard it is just to get a show on the air. I know, it's much less nuts. to keep a show on the air and have it be a hit show. I mean, it's it is it is it is very rare air to be in that. So yeah, nice I'm, job, thank you. It's we like this year. We've at the end of last year, we kind of every week. I was still looking at the ratings and panicked I was going to be canceled. And then my producer said to me at a certain point, like, dude. I don't think we need to worry like you're worrying. You always want to. You always want to worry that you're going to be canceled or the quality's dropping off. But now we're. We, we've kind of – I'm shifting my mind frame from like I'm going to be canceled at any moment. That's just because as a, a neurotic Jewish writer, I think you feel that way to like how do I make the epi- the next 50 great to get to 100. Yeah. So that's kind of the shifting. And it's – look, it's a machine. Like we started production and we don't stop. So it's um, – you just got to get as far ahead as possible and uh, and start – Eventually, bringing in those ideas that you're do like that, that Scott Bayo episode. Do the Scott Bayo episode. The uncle. Scott, he's Uncle Ted, and she's just Here confused because he, he looks Uncle Scott too, which is extra confusing. <laughs> I'm telling you, if a spot opens up on your staff, this man is Matt Myra. Is this a job interview right now? Well, right. Can it be? I mean, listen, I took a cycle off from at midnight. I'm just wandering around the desert right now. No, I'm telling you, you should write on a sitcom, Matt. Matt, just because of just because of how I mean, first of all, you've co you look like. You look. You've got the writer aesthetic. He down. does for you've sure. You've got the Red Sox hat yep. and the and the T-shirt. That's a a, a wearing reference to something shorts, weird like Cape Cod shorts, potato yep. chips. Wearing shorts. You yeah, got yeah. the shorts and you've got the the kind of uh, Urban Outfitters shirt rolled up sleeves yeah. <laughs> and the beard. Thanks, guys. And the beard. beard. Sorry, I didn't wear my glasses. Now all you yeah. Now all you need is a. Um, is a Mike and Molly spec and you're good to go. You're yeah, good. You're spe- done. Yeah. The, oh, that's right. You need specs. You need specs. Yeah. Write a spec. Why don't I just give you my pilots. There you go. Oh yeah, I actually don't <laughs> I don't read specs actually anymore. Okay. Um, I just I realize like why do I like half the shows I have I don't know, so it's not that helpful. Yeah, what's the point? Um and just cuz I'm so like in my bubble of trying to make episodes, I haven't God, I haven't seen so many great shows right now. I haven't seen Silicon like Silicon Valley anything. Yeah. So uh but then it's like I really f- kind of at the end of the day feel like anyone can watch an episode and just of a television show and copy the characters and go, oh, this is how they break right. it out and, and do it and make it solid. Um, a, a pi- pilots are impossible to write and have them be good. And it's like when a writer sits down and they're like, this is, the, this is me. Um, it feels just like a better thing to get a sense of somebody. So I've just started reading pilots only. Yeah, it's really – and pilots are a pain in the ass because – 
your main function is that you have to here's who these people are and how do I do that in an organic way that doesn't feel like the character going hi I'm this person and these are all my neurotic tendencies and here's my job for sure I my pilot um, the, the good thing about doing a family show is I wasn't reinventing the wheel so it was really easy and it was just a standard like when I went in and pitched it all around they're like I just talked about my family. I didn't even really tell stories. I didn't pitch a pilot story or anything because I'm like, it's a family show. It's going to be the kid's going to drive or something. <laughs> so I'm not – it's like the hackier the story, almost the better because I just put my family members in there and they're nuts. So hopefully it will seem different. And than- then at the end of the meeting, they brought out a big novelty check and they said, welcome <laughs> to the family. And then you started the next day. It and- was – the pitch for the Goldbergs was interesting just because I had all my home movies. And all I did was show that. And then that was it, really. And then I talked about, like, and this is the dad, like, the guy you just saw in the video. He's in his underpants, and he calls me a moron. And, and <laughs> so it was, like, a really easy, simple pitch. And I'll never have that again, ever. Because I just had the ultimate, like, visual of what the – it's almost like I had shot it or something. Right. So I was just show the video, and then that was, that was it all around town. So that was an easy pitch, for sure. That is fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, that's, that is do, – do, do you ever kind of go – Aha, it was all worth it. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I'm, look, I'm just happy to be working. <laughs> um, um, the, it's, it's been complicated. Uh, like, I'm not going to lie with my family. Like, initially, it wasn't the Goldbergs. They were the Silvers. That's why I have a sister on the show. I don't have a sister in real life. It was, it was like I wasn't ready to embrace what I was going to do to my family <laughs> and the world, almost. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it's my family. I mean, it's Adam and Beverly and Barry and Pops and... Murray, my dad, but there's a sister, so it's not really my family. And um, and then, so I, we shot the pilot. They were the Silvers in the pilot. And then Paul Lee, the president of ABC, like basically called and was like, "We want to name it the Goldbergs, and we want to show your videos at the end of every one." Because he knew that I, I mean, I have like a 500 tapes. So he's like, "I know you have enough videos to last the how many episodes we're going to do the show, and it just feels like different. Like this is really you putting yourself out there." And then I had to like call my family and be like, I have good news. This show is going to go on the air. The bad news is we're going to, I'm going to show your videos <laughs> uh, like that I took of you when you're a teenager um, at your worst. Um, wow. So it's hard because, you know, my brother Barry gets it hard on the show. Like it's a hilarious character. And my brother, rightfully so, is like, you can't, like, you'll do a, I'll be like, he's like, let's say we, you do a story about me. I don't know. Um, like I get caught smoking marijuana. Let's say you did that story. And and that never happened in real life. But I'm like, but it's just a it's a TV show. And then he goes, Okay, fine. But then you'll be like dedicated to my brother Barry and show a video of me at the end. So it's like it is me because you show a video of me. So it's very complicated that way, and it kind of makes me – I can't sell out the characters for a joke because I show video of them at the end, and it makes people think it really is them. So I really have to be – I don't know. In that case, I just think you go, um, fuck you, bye, and then just like really quickly hang <laughs> You don't want to piss off Barry Goldberg. It is a mistake. Uh, so, yeah, he um, – yeah, he no, he's a good sport though he's for a sure. So they, yeah, exactly. No, they look. They didn't. They didn't. They're just normal people. They didn't ask for it. There's nothing special about my family. Um, I was really in the beginning like, why is this even happening? Like, we're just a family. Like, it's not like everyone. Ha- everybody hates Chris. Like, that's Chris Rock. I get it. You people want to know how Chris Rock grew up. I'm just like a dude. But you, it's the classic. I mean, 
This is basically that classic sitcom thing that it happened on a handful of television shows in the 80s where someone in the cast would try stand-up comedy. Everyone would go see that person. They would be bombing, and then they would just kind of default to start talking about what fuck-ups their friends and family were. And then they would start killing, and then all their friends would be like, hey. you know, like Then then it wasn't so funny anymore. It was a weird trope. I forgot about that. Several shows did that. And even more complicated is like I'll do a story like just because every episode I want to end it with like a hug and feel good with some 80s song playing. It'll be like an episode where the end Adam will be like to Beverly, Mom. You could come live with me anytime you want. Even when I'm a grown-up, you can move in my house with me. And then I'll get a call immediately from my mom. Is that true? Can I move in with you? So it's stop so, looking for clues. <laughs> yeah. So it's just the whole thing is complicated. It's it's I didn't expect it in the beginning, but it's yeah. Sometimes, um, yeah, I've I've hurt my mom's feelings with saying certain things that are very true that she doesn't want out there or she feels sensitive about. It's it's complicated. It's it's you know. It's and it's hard too when I'm when people comment on the characters of the show, especially my dad who's not alive, like saying how bad of a daddy is or he's a lazy old you know fat bastard or any of these things. Like I take it personally because it's my dad. Yeah. So it's just the whole thing's complicated for sure. Um, at the very least, they'll just they'll just think it's Adam Goldberg the actor. So at the very least, they'll, they'll just <laughs> they'll think that. <laughs> so yeah, I can't believe what that man <laughs> the did. Hebrew yeah. Hammer did what? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's right. That's two famous Adam yes, Goldbergs. Yes, and that is that's a thing that has become a thing. What are so, the uh, do do people tune into the Goldbergs expecting to see Adam Goldberg? Um, the other Adam Goldberg? I, well, I don't. There. So it's interesting. I shouldn't. Have, so basically, he and I got into a big Twitter thing this year arguing about it. Really? Because, yeah. It's, it's really fascinating because my whole career, I've just been this writer, and there's a celebrity, Adam Goldberg, who's an actor. And I followed his career. He has my name. It's cool. He was yeah. in Saving Private Ryan and Days of Confused, and I've, I've rooted for this guy because it's like me. You know, It's like, oh, he has my name. And then, um, and then the show came. And, and – He's been working the business for a long time, maybe, I don't know, 20 years. Mm-hmm. I've been working the business 15 years. So it's like, you know, I'm a little bit younger than him. And then this show came out, and oh, and I had been developing Hebrew Hammer 2 just to get the chance to work with a guy, <laughs> with the director Jonathan. It's uh, Hammer vs. Hitler. So, um, so, th- so I do this show, and it really never occurred to me that he, uh, he would melt down in the way he has. So basically, over the last two years, I've watched this this celebrity just melt down over the fact that we have the same name. Now, I don't know. He claims that it was a joke or that his persona is that he's curmudgeonly. But at first, I would email him and be like, hey, man, that's a funny tweet. I'm really sorry, dude. Um, you know, people every day will hit me up on Twitter and be like, I loved you and friends or whatever. Right. It, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, oh, you got the wrong guy. It's the other guy. But for him, he was like really upset about it and started po- like tweeting really like mean things like, oh, yeah, the show is mine. It came up with it on the shitter. <laughs> like just no. – and so I – it started bumming me out. So um, this was two years of this. So finally, recently, he posted – he tweeted – um, that my show had been canceled and that it, like, it was now on TV land. And he has a show on TV land, so watch that instead. So at that point, I'm like, okay, what do I do? Like I, I thought people you – know, I'm a comedy writer, so I thought people would find it really funny and interesting 
if I went after the guy hard because what he did was uncool. People were very confused. They were saying, I'm so sh- sorry. Your show got canceled to me. It was, it was a whole thing. So I came at him hard on Twitter. And uh, the really interesting thing about it what, for me was that um, I think I didn't realize that people didn't know him sometimes. And to – like our the younger fans of the show, they didn't know who Adam Goldberg is. They don't know Dazed and Confused right. or Saving Private Ryan or something. So to them, I'm like a celebrity. So it was just a whole really weird experience. Um, the, the other thing that was really cool or, or cool or just really – Interesting was he went on a live interview as I was tweeting him, and they were reading the the tweets oh, to him. Weird. So uh, it was like the newsroom, uh, like we're like <laughs> we're making news. Um, you know, ultimately, like I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't have come at him so hard. That was probably a mistake. I think it was all in the name of comedy, and I I thought it would be really funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he's never tweeted again about it. So, uh, so I got what I wanted, um, and yeah, it's just been it's it was a really interesting thing. Well, you know, you know it's two dudes with the same name. I Let's mean, be honest, our name isn't George Clooney. No, so it's like I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, and that's what's funny about it to me. I uh, I, I think also Twitter, Twitter just isn't the best way to communicate things because you. Right. you, you Sometimes you think people are serious when they're joking, and other times you think they're joking when they're right. serious. No, I, so it, we were going, I, we were going hard at each other. Oh. There, there was no joke. Oh, wasn't it? <laughs> well, at first, people were like, "Is this a joke? Like you're doing Hebrew Hammer two together? It's going to be a really awkward table read." By the way, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, people were like, "At first, is it a joke?" But you know, it was. I think it became clear when I like started retweeting his old tweets and stuff that it was not a joke, and that. Uh, People were definitely entertained by the fact that two Adam Goldbergs didn't like each other. And we're going gonna. at each other. <laughs> yeah. And in this gonna. I oh wish it would be great if my name was George Clooney because then I would get it. It's like, yeah, you're George Clooney. Like, it's confusing that you have a show called The Cloonies. But right. I don't think, I don't know. I, it never occurred to me that people would confuse me for the there other There are many Goldberg. other Chris Hardwicks in the world. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, met, I've met one of them. He is a champion Rubik's Cube solver. You should do a Chris Hardwick like convention where everyone goes with your name and you just kind of meet everybody. And I assume you're the superior one. That must make you feel good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the Rubik's Cube guy. Ten years ago, I didn't have great SEO. <laughs> now, if you Google Chris Hardwick. All me in the first page. My uh, my friend, uh, this is a comedian named Jennifer McLean, and she did a she did a show called I think it was something along the lines with My name is Jennifer McLean. I don't know if that was the name of it, but that was the premise. Is that she was drive around the country and meet other Jennifer McLeans. Right. Yeah. It's a, a cool idea. idea. Yeah. There's a ton of Adam Goldbergs in the business. So what? You know, it's just a, such a common name. It's almost like our name is the like the Jewish John Smith. <laughs> so Adam, like the first person, and yep. Goldberg. So I don't know. I think the whole thing's ridiculous. It's hilarious Change to me. Change your first name I, to Yitzi. I guess I don't know. Maybe he t- took it more seriously than I did, but I think it's hilarious. That's well. I, well, it sounds like uh, it sounds like uh, the, the Goldberg hatchet has been buried. Yeah, I, I guess so. It, it does, it, look, if 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 the tweets come start start up again, I, I what are you gonna I, do? I look forward to to tweeting at him hard again. All right, it's, you haven't learned uh, your lesson. It was exciting. I don't know. know. I don't get There's a lot no of excitement. hug at the end of this episode. <laughs> well, I'm just uh, I I'm I am so excited to know that you and I have. Exactly the same, all the same reference points. We do. Is that it's a great thing? It is a great yeah. thing because it's a, it's a, it's a it's just a it, there's a subtle form of communication that's involved that where we all 
we all speak a language that's of the time that, For we, sure. that we grew up and we all understand. And you could call out something and I could give you the other half of the quote and we would For sure. have that communication. The, the most disappointing thing I've discovered is um, we have a lot of Teen Wolf references on the show. And a lot of our young viewers are calling oh. me out that Teen Wolf did not exist in the 80s. Because it's an MTV show. It is a very oh, popular – it's a great no. MTV show. They don't know about they uh, don't Scott know. Howard surfing on they, the top of a van. They don't know. They, they, know, they think Styles is a, is a hip uh, – the coolest kid in school from um, – and he's wow. 17, year old, 17 years a, old. That was a strange reboot. I, mean, I would never occur to me to like – Let's take a weird comedy from yeah. the '80s and yeah. but and make it for serious. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I was so. I actually like that idea that it's so different than what you would imagine. But why even do it? Like the IP means nothing to anyone who's young. Clearly, they right. don't know it. So, like, why? For why what purpose? Just, yeah, why not just make just it, call it another? Wolf, yeah. yeah, Wolf Wolf Days. Wolf, wolf, <laughs> wolf Days. <laughs> Wolf. Guys, let's do Sunday a gritty Monday, Wolfie day. <laughs> Let's do a gritty TV reboot of Police Academy. Yeah, that would be great. That sort of hour long training procedural. day. Yeah. Sure, Tra- and it's ri- I guess it's tough when you have a guy doing sound effects to make that gritty. Um, but uh, you know, we'll I get you know Hightower. I get that could be gritty. No, it's a Big guy. Dude. He got he got in the line of duty. He yeah. got hit in the throat. Yes, with a stray bullet. <laughs> So, <laughs> so now he has to communicate with his phone sound effects, with all, which is sound, all sound effects, and you know, and if you laugh at him, you're insensitive, right? So they've the totally... blue oyster, the so dark it. gritty bar. I still the remember the song. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's uh, yeah, that's one of those. I'm I'm sure that's that reboot is coming our way. Oh I'm, yeah, I, it has to be. be. I don't know. Even, even if the Goots takes over, maybe he becomes the yeah. head of the police academy. Sure. I, I I love the idea of villainizing the hero, like villainizing the protagonist. Yeah, like I lo- I love that idea of that happening. I think, though, in reality, I would be kind of bummed if it didn't. Like, oh no, <laughs> no, not, not I, Mahoney. No, I imagine Mahoney is the guy with the goldfish. Now he's the you think so? Oh, like yeah. Lassard? He's the head of the police academy. And then so so Commandant Lassard. And he then thinks that someone else is Proctor. You're there. talking about Proctor. Proctor. <laughs> Wait, right? no. No, Lassard Proctor. had the goldfish. Oh, no, no, no. Lassard. Proctor's, okay, Proctor's right. I the, thought you were talking about the bad guy. Proctor's the bad guy. Yes, yes, yes. Gutenberg, I feel like, is coming out Lassard. Lassard, right. Yeah. That the, he's, he kind of lost. The, the dad, you're talking about the dad from Punky Brewster. Yes. Yes. Let's yes. be clear. Yes. 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 Punky Brewster. Who was Punky. fucking great in Tootsie, by the way. Yeah. Oh, he was so funny. Punky. I love you, Punky. A- anyone from who's from the 80s can do their, their Punky. <laughs> Henry Warnemont. <laughs> that's such a great scene where... He gets the prostitute to blow Lassard, and Lassard's trying to give that speech while he's getting blown, yeah. like getting a blowjob. Yeah, it's such great comedy acting. And by the way, one thing to talk about from the '80s is like your parents taking you to these like kids movies. Yeah, like I saw Police Academy one. Like I think it was rated R. Yeah, wasn't you it? were always seeing tits when you were a kid. Yeah, it was it constant, was crazy, like constant. Or or going to see, um, uh, you know. God, any th- I'm trying to think. I, I remember my brother went and saw Young Frankenstein. Yeah, with uh, with my mom and like screamed out and like during the sex scene, like what's going on? <laughs> Just, <laughs> any of those or going There's to not even much of a sex. Yeah, scene I know. Or go- going to risky business, like you know, it's just, there was no R rating on for most of these movies. So or just. 
I my well, they got away with a lot more because it was before PG thirteen. Yeah, no PG thirteen. Yeah. So and your kids' movies like like Goonies, I can't show to my son. They say shit like nine times in the first five minutes. Right. Oh, and I it's mean, scary. If you watch the original Bad News Bears, yeah, I mean it's oh, it's super racist. It's super like racist, racist joke. It's like dropping n bombs. They're like this, they this, go for this it. This adult, and then he's like drunk, and the yeah. kids are drinking and yeah. smoke, and Kelly's smoking all. Yeah, the time. they celebrate and they're drinking beer. It's nuts, yeah. and that's. Celebrated actor Jackie Earl Haley. Uh-huh, for sure. And that's one of those things when they were doing that reboot, like, uh, probably 10 years ago now, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they're like, it's going to be like the edgy version. of. I'm like, you can't get any edgier than that They movie. made the edgy version. They, they made the edgy yes, version. You're not going to... There's no bad Santa version of that. <laughs> that's what that was. If they make that worse, there's going to be full penetration. <laughs> sure. And someone's going to get shot in the face. Sure, but that was a kid's movie. That was a... That was like the 80s kid's movie. And again, like... um. Uh, Indiana Jones just like mm-hmm. ripping a heart out. And can you ima- I can't imagine showing that to my seven year old. He would never sleep again. Yeah. Well, even Jaws is PG and Glenn yeah, gets fucking torn apart. Yeah. Yeah, because our generation wasn't <laughs> pussies. <laughs> ah, watch this. Sit down and shut up. Yeah. That's when my seven year old gets up, uh, scared at uh, Sophia the First. On ah. Disney Junior by the trolls, I'm like, you have no idea. You don't even know. At your age, at seven, I saw aliens and I threw up in the theater. Uh, fucking Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gremlins yeah, is yeah, yeah. terrifying. Yeah. If oh, you're, for sure. if well, you're that's a why kid. I slept with the light on until I was like twelve because of Gremlins. Yeah, I was like, well, if I sleep and have the light on, then yeah, sure, Mugwise won't change. <laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, just... So you're a little too old. Twelve year old. Twelve is a little too old. Well, it but started when I was like six. Yeah, and, and just became on. a habit. And that second like... movie didn't change your opinion because they were more oh, goofy, so more goofy, more fun loving. Well, it made me not want the mess. <laughs> Gremlins two, the new batch. Yep. Such a great idea. There's now a gremlin slot machine you can all play. At, Is that uh, true? Yeah, in Vegas. Um, they're, again, they're doing that reboot. That's the, all the weird thing about my show is like anything we reference exists today in a big form. That's Yeah, that's funny. It's yeah. really weird. Like, um, you know, the, I think the one thing that we didn't well, – I was like, oh, Poltergeist. We did a Poltergeist episode and I'm like, oh, no one knows Poltergeist. Anyone under – anyone probably 20 or and below. Now? <laughs> and then it was like, oh, wait. It's in the theater. I didn't realize that. Like any title they're doing. So it's all completely cyclical. I think it's just because, I don't know, maybe the people making the decisions are like us. They're adults now. And they're like, I want to see, you know, I I don't want this script. I want Poltergeist just because I like that movie growing up. Right. So maybe the people making the decisions. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why in the 90s, early 90s, there was all those, the Beverly Hillbillies movie, the Brady yeah. Bunch movie, the Gilligan's Island. Yeah. They wanted to do a reboot of. You know, it was, the, it was the, actually, it was the Brady Bunch movie that started all, that started a lot of that it was, shit. Yeah, but I mean, it was even like. No. But. that's stage show happening? Cause I, but I think. Adam Real Life Brady Bunch was on I, tour. I mean, but I think like, I think. Real life Brady Bunch. I remember. I remember seeing it in. Uh, no, yeah, I think so maybe you're right. Same time, but uh, but the Adams family, the Adams family didn't make fun of guys. My the Adams original family. point is that <laughs> no, we're going to no, solve no, no, this, I, Matt. I want to watch this. Go. <laughs> but the Brady Bunch movie made fun of all the subtext of the Brady Bunch characters, right, yeah. like because of the stage play, real life Brady Bunch. They didn't do that with the Adams they, family. They, they just they would juxtapose people and sort of here's the '90s version versus the crazy Adams family. I guess so, but I, I still I still think that Brady holds Bunch up. By the way, Adam's family holds up. Adam's family Brady values, I think, is better than Adam's family. It is family. way better. I agree. I agree. Uh, once again, Peter McNichol. Yeah, there. 
There he He's is. The it all comes pin. back to Peter McNuckle. He's it really does. Pin. Get him in the show. <laughs> I love him on the show. We're going to start pitching you stuff. Like, what yeah. about this? Uh, what we, about this? We've talked about it in the room. It's like you that, – that's why I think the 80s thing I don't think will ever run out just because I – like the deep pulls. Like I was like, what about a short time thing I said in the room once? And that was one where everyone's like, no. <laughs> Nobody knows that. No. 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 Who is our Dabney Coleman now? Who is who is America's Dabney Coleman now? I honestly can't think of who is America's Dabney Coleman. What does that mean? Is that just a guy that's in a lot that you're like like He's just a cuz he was I it's I think it's post Brad Cranston. And every man with a mustache maybe? You know what? Cranston in short time would be fucking phenomenal. It would be great. Mm-hmm. That it is a great, great yeah. idea. It's a great idea. Because he's got the comedy. Yeah. yeah. He's got the comedy to do it. Yeah. Okay. That would be a fucking sure. great idea. It would be great. You're welcome. Yeah. America. <laughs> the America what like of all the br- things Brian Cranston does, he's like <laughs> short, time. short time. He can do anything he wants in the business now. Anything he wants will get made, and he's like short time. For a long that. time, I've been wanting to reboot a Dabney <laughs> Coleman project. <laughs> but I heard the horse was a real pain in the ass to work with, so we should do short time. So he's rebooting Beverly Hillbillies movie where he played Dabney uh, Coleman. Yeah, he's played, rebooting uh, Beverly Hillbillies movie just to play the Dabney <laughs> Coleman character. Man, I, oh, that Mr. Drysdale. He's the best. I'm actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 9 to 5. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, well there's some good Dabney ones we've, for sure. We've solved a lot of things here today, <laughs> Mr. Goldberg. And is uh, this the most random? Like, no. Okay, good. It's good to know. No, the most sprawling. Mm-mm. Okay, I think with a guest, maybe. No, we've 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 covered some weird in 750 episodes. We've covered some, but I feel like we ping ponged around we quite did. a bit here. We did. There do, you was... know, do you know who else we had an episode like this was with Chris Jericho? Sure, Jericho. Is all like he is in this reference bank? Oh wow, hundred and ten percent! It like all the shit that you talked about, he would he would be able to add information to all of that. He is like pop culture junkie from from our from exactly what we, everything we were just talking about. I love that. Yeah, that guy's awesome. He is awesome. Yeah, he'd you, he'd be a great guest on your show at some point because he's if you cover wrestling because he right fucking now. knows all of this stuff. I love it. He knows short time. He'd be here with us. He he would know short yeah. time. As a matter of fact. He's the kind of guy that would tell you if I just said short time Dabney Coleman, he'd start naming co-stars from short time too. Like he's that he's that deep. I love it. it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so the the Goldbergs, uh, you're going back into production, or you're back? We're, in we're back. Now? We're ch- shooting week two. This week is our. We're doing like a Millie Vanilli thing, which is really fun. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, week week two of many. Week two of many. And. Um, I uh, all I'm shooting for is same as the last two years. No, I'm not trying to change it up too much. All right. And yeah. what's the time slot? Time slot is eight thirty on Wednesday mm-hmm. after the middle before Modern Family. Great. It's a whole night of family comedies and Boom. blackish at the end at, at nine thirty. All right. So they've they've locked it in ABC. They you know got what your they're Neil doing. Flynn, then you got your Jeff Garland, Garland, and then you then got, you got uh, Ed O'Neill, and sure. then you can roll over into an Anthony Anderson. Yeah. You have yourself a good dad. That's night. it. There's your whole dad. The night. greatest thing is they didn't like. It, I we were so shocked. ABC just kept it the same as last year, which is amazing. That's I think very it's rare. like. It's so rare that it's – I think it's great that they're like, oh, there's these four shows and they're staying put. So hopefully more and more people will come to these shows. Great. 
We, I think Modern Family really needs the ratings. They really need the help. So hopefully, <laughs> you know fingers what? crossed. Someone this, should get them an Emmy. Yeah, this could be their year. I'm thinking this could be Modern Family's year. You know, it's all, uh, the show's all Someone about the lead. Someone should get Chris Lloyd <laughs> yeah. another Emmy. It's it's the lead. It's the lead in that matters. There's a there's another Chris Lloyd there. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if they ever had that. I wonder if there ever was ever a Chris Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably not. I, I don't think. oh, I wish that would be that, amazing. Christopher Lloyd does not use Twitter. Yes. So I don't. Yeah. And it's also ever... Chris Lloyd. No, they're both Christopher yeah, Lloyd, both right? Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Well, there you go. You just call him Chris because he's in the business. You know? There you go. You should, I don't... you should call Chris Lloyd and go. How did you deal with it? I think we all know who the superior Christopher Lloyd is. By the way, what? I'm not going to say it, but we all know. I, well, in time, I might. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, Doc As Brown. As the Fraser fan that I am, I don't know if I can agree <laughs> okay. with this. Yeah, Doc Brown. I would, I, know, I would, but I would love to be in a room with either. Let's put it yeah. that way. Those are those are two awesome. They, Doc they, Brown. I get that Twitter war. That's a Twitter family. war. I get. It's hard to debate who the who the spirit one is there. But he was also in the Adams Family movies. You're just doing this because you know his face. Camp Nowhere. Yeah, nowhere's great. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah Camp the Nowhere. Dennis the Menace movie, which came out at the same time as those other bullshit remake movies, because sure. those kids were as old as the people who are making decisions now are, which yeah. is why we're seeing reboots of all the '80s stuff. Yes. Which was my original point before we went on the diatribe of Barry Sonnenfeld. By the way, there's been working. some great '80s reboots. So I I always welcome those things. Yeah, it's helpful for me. And yeah, the but for every show, great one, you get fifty Robocops for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm actually surprised. Wasn't that. great. No. <laughs> but Michael Keaton was fantastic in it. Oh. oh, you can't. Oh, can't oh. do that. It's not allowed. <laughs> that was crazy. I know. I don't know when we have to end. So just cut it off at any point. But that was crazy last TV season. Every television show with some reboot of a movie. I'd never seen that. It was bonkers. That is like, pretty oh, yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. It, no, was it was like crazy last everything, year. even like from Real Genius to some of them got on the air early, you know, we got Rush Hour and, you know, they tried Beverly Hills Cop and yeah. they were doing, they were trying everything. I want to see that. Crazy. I want to see that pilot. That pilot. I did Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, Barry yeah. Sonnenfeld directed it. With Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's in it. Chris, uh, Kevin Pollock's in it. And um, um, they must have been like, well, how is this not going to get? And Judge yeah. Reinhold was in it. No. Yes. How That's is crazy? How did they not pick that up again? The pilot must have been unwatchable. It's the only reason you have Eddie Murphy but, and you have Barry Sonnenfeld and like Judge Reinhold. God oh. damn it! I think maybe it was done from a point of view without having seen it. Of course, maybe it was done from the point of view of like, oh, it's Beverly Hills Cop. People are already familiar with. No, it, it so. was like his son. It was. It wasn't yeah. about them. It was yeah, like yeah. his son. It was the son. The classic oh. son version of oh, it. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Brandon T. Jackson. Maybe yeah, just, I'm imagining. You just can't, I mean, like, I gotta. Get, I'll get a hold of that script. All right. We're yeah. Gonna I'll read that. Get a hold. All right, Adam. Thank All you right. for being here. Thank you for having me. Enjoy. Have me back anytime, please. I can. I had a great time. Thanks, guys. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new. Stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, 
take risks and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.